Well, that haunting sound is a Ukrainian violinist playing in a bomb shelter beneath Kyiv the other night. It's where many in the Ukrainian capital spend their nights now to avoid the indiscriminate shelling uh, from the Russian army. But after more than a week of doing just that, 56-year-old Ludmila Volovic is in Alberta tonight. And that saw an emotional reunion in Edmonton earlier this week as her daughter Olga welcomed her at the airport after her mom's long journey first to flee Kiev, to get to Lviv, to get out, and to arrive here. A trip that many, of course, hope to make, to find sanctuary and to reunite with family in this country. Joining me now is Olga Renberg. Olga, thank you so much for uh, being here tonight. I appreciate it. Hello, and thank you for inviting me. It must have been, I, I guess, to take you back a few weeks, just those days as the as the invasion was launched, you must have been so concerned for your mom. Well, yes, uh, because of the time difference, I found out it's like right after work in the evening uh, when there was a early morning. So I called her and I talked her and I caught her just getting ready to work. She didn't realize all the seriosity of the situation until we heard the sirens. Wow. Yeah. So so she was just starting a normal day. I guess it, it was five o'clock in the morning, right? So most people would have woken up and not known. Yes. It was like that. It, she was just like, oh, I'm going to work. I said, like, mom, it's bombing. It's uh, like explosions in, in Kiev. You're not going anywhere. She said, like, no, it's all fine. I can't hear anything. And Right after those words, she just like heard the sirens, and because we were on a video call, I heard that as well. How did she? So I gather she stayed in Kiev for a while, right? She she spent like so many people. She spent nights. Was she in the subway system? Was she in the basement? Uh, she was in the <clears throat> in the basement of uh, school nearby. Um, the first closer shelter space. And she spent there a few weeks, not a few weeks, like a week and a half until she decided to come over here uh, every night over there. And only in the morning when the curfew was done, she could come out, do her regular things that she needed to be done. But then by the evening, she goes back over there and spend the night over there on a concrete floor with the rest of the people who are trying to kind of um, make it comfortable as much as they can with bringing blankets or cots or whoever could bring whatever. I can imagine. I mean, we've seen the images, obviously, of people, uh, specifically in the subways system, but also in uh, in basements such as where your mom was. She made the decision to leave. And I know, I mean, we've seen images. I've been to Kiev's train station back when it was normal in normal times and just pictures we see of it now it was just so packed and people so many people heading west towards Lviv like your mom did how was how was her journey she was just carrying one backpack right yeah yeah this is what I told her because I understand that um, like suitcase will just slow her down and it will be more awkward to carry around like, it's all material, right? It was like, as soon as she will come here, we could get everything that she needs that we were doing for the last few days. Um, 
but yeah, because she was alone, it was easier for her because we had few train stations actually in Kiev, mm-hmm. like uh, okay. the central train station is a big one, yeah. but we have the small one like Darnisky train station that's uh, right. close to our house. So she managed to get there and get in the oh, train. Oh, great. And she ended up in Lviv and then she crossed. Yeah. And how did she get, how did she arrive here? She flew, uh, well, obviously, from, but <laughs> from Lviv, she took the bus closer to the border where the customs. Um, then she took a little bit smaller bus. Uh, then they went through the Ukrainian customs. After that, they will need to wait in a line to get through the Polish customs. And after Polish customs, um, some volunteers, some people who was along with her in this journey. And if she met on the way, they helped her, took her over to Warsaw and uh, find a place for her to stay for a few days uh, until the plane. So she got the tickets and she come over here. Was it hard? I, I don't know the circumstances for, for your mom, but was it hard to... to to get her to Canada, or was she already cleared to come and everything was, was uh, No, because uh, she was here, like, I uh, don't remember, about like four or five years ago. She came for yeah. a visit, and we opened the visitor visa for 10 years for her. Right. Great. So she had the open visa. So in this case, it was way easy. Right. I would okay. say oh, like that. Great. Um, so she, she lands in Edmonton. I've seen the images of you at the airport. She walks out. What was your, I mean, you knew she was on her way, but to see her, I know you hadn't seen her since before COVID because of all the other stuff that's been going on in the world, but what was it like to see her that, walk that through those doors? That wasn't about COVID. It's just because, uh, it's just because circumstances felt like that. Right. But yeah, when I saw her, of course, I was like so relieved, relieved, relieved. Um, just finally to hug her and knowing that uh, what she went through, what kind of feelings she must have, and just to hold your own close person, knowing that she's safe. That's that's for the yeah that's was big relief. But uh, right now. I could tell that her story is like lucky one, really kind of easy way out. Uh, not like hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians who are still stuck and got been hostages in Mariupol. Right. And they can't, they, um, they're supposed to have the green corridors over there, right? The right. city, city leaves over like last four days without power, heat, water, food. And as soon as they try to get through those green corridors, Russian troops like start shooting them out. I know. They're shooting all the caravans that coming into the city. So they actually keeping all city as a hostages. Right. Well, guy, I have about a, a minute. A minute left. Uh, I just wanted to ask you how your mom is doing. Is she okay? Is she is she gotten a good rest? Is she? I know, obviously, you're paying very close attention to what's happening back home. But how is she doing? She's still having nightmares. Mm-hmm. She's still like in the middle of the night when my pet's running around the house. She thinks that it's 
bombing or something. Wow. That's, I, I think it's kind of like PTSD. Right. I guess but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we need to remember that uh, the most important thing is like to close the sky over Ukraine and those politicals who waiting and trying to make a decision. Every second of their waiting, it's uh, killing people over in Ukraine. Yes. Every yes, minute I, that they yeah. waste for that, they're killing people over in Ukraine because the skies not close. Like right today, another city was bombed. Right. Well, God, I've, 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 in Mariupol. Yeah, I've, I've run out of time. I apologize. Olga. I'm really happy your mom is okay. I'm happy she made it safe and sound. And obviously, I know you're paying close attention to what's happening back home. And I hope to speak to you again at some point. I know you have family still in Ukraine as well. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.